Welcome to Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals as our favorite familiars and witches in history. So this show won't contain spoilers. We have a mini so today. Uh, my name is Jane and I am working alone right now. So because stuff happened over the weekend mostly I think my fault because I just had to be at the top of a mountain um, instead of down here recording. So here is a story. Um, if you remember the episode about the kitsune, there was another story that I really wanted to tell, but it's long and it would have taken up a good chunk of the episode we had recorded. So as a little treat or a gift or as a um, please forgive us for not doing Queen of Shadows uh, this week, we're going to do this story real quick and hopefully you will enjoy. So this is a story called How a Man Was Bewitched and Had His Head Shaved by the Foxes. So in the beginning, in the village of Iwahara in the province of Shinshui, there dwelt a family which had acquired considerable wealth in the wine trade. On some auspicious occasion, it happened that a number of guests were gathered together at their house, feasting on wine and fish, and as the wine cup went around, the conversation turned upon foxes. Among the guests was a certain carpenter, Tokutaru, by name a man about thirty years of age, of a stubborn and obstinate turn, who said, well, sirs, you've been talking for some time of men being bewitched by foxes. Surely you must be under their influence yourselves to say such things. How on earth can foxes have such power over men? At any rate, men must be great fools to be so deluded. Let's have no more of this nonsense. Upon this, a man who was sitting by him answered, Tokutaro little knows what goes on in the world, or he would not speak so. How many myriads of men are there who have been bewitched by foxes? Why, there have been at least twenty or thirty men tricked by the brutes on the Makimor alone. It's hard to disprove facts that have happened before our eyes. You're no better than a pack of born idiots, said Tokutaru. I will engage to go out to the Makimor this very night and prove it. There is not a fox in all Japan that can make a fool of Tokutaru. Thus he spoke in his pride, but the others were all angry with him for boasting, and said, If you return without anything having happened, we will pay for five measures of wine and a thousand copper cash worth of fish, and if you are bewitched, you shall do as much for us. Tokotaru took the bet, and at nightfall set forth for the Maki Moor by himself. As he neared the moor, he saw before him a small bamboo grove, into which a fox ran, and it instantly occurred to him that the foxes of the moor would try to bewitch him. As he was yet looking, he suddenly saw the daughter of the headman of the village of Upper Horikane, who was married to the headman of the village of Maki. Pray, where are you going to, Master Tokutaru? said she. I am going to the village hard by. Then, as you will have to pass my native place, if you will allow me, I will accompany you so far. Tokotaru thought this very odd, and made up his mind that it was a fox trying to make a fool of him. He accordingly determined to turn the tables on the fox, and answered, It is a long time since I have had the pleasure of seeing you, 
and as it seems that your house is on my road, I shall be glad to escort you so far. With this, he walked behind her, thinking he could certainly see the end of a fox's tail peeping out. But look as he might, there was nothing to be seen. At last they came to the village of Upper Horikane, and when they reached the cottage of the girl's father, the family all came out, surprised to see her. Oh dear, oh dear, here is our daughter, come. I hope there is nothing the matter. And so they went on for some time, asking a stream of questions. In the meanwhile, Tokutaro went around to the kitchen door at the back of the house, and beckoning out the master of the house, said, The girl who has come with me is not really your daughter. As I was going to the Maki Moor, when I arrived at the bamboo grove, a fox jumped up in front of me, and when it had dashed into the grove, it immediately took the shape of your daughter, and I offered to accompany me to the village. So I pretended to be taken in by the brute and came with it so far. On hearing this, the master of the house put his head on one side and mused a while, and then calling his wife, he repeated the story to her in a whisper. But she flew into a great rage with Tokutaru and said, this is a pretty way of insulting people's daughters. The girl is our daughter, and there's no mistake about it. How dare you invent such lies? Well, said Tokutaru, if you are quite right to say so, but still there's no doubt that this is a, a case of witchcraft. Seeing how obstinately he held to his opinion, the old folks were sorely perplexed and said, What do you think of doing? Pray, leave the matter to me. I'll soon strip the false skin off and show the beast to you in its true colors. Do you two go into the store closet and wait there? With this, he went into the kitchen and, seizing the girl by the back of the net, forced her down by the hearth. Oh, Master Tokotaru, what means this brutal violence? Mother, father, help! So the girl cried and screamed, but Tokotaru only laughed and said, So you thought to bewitch me, did you? From the moment you jumped into the wood, I was on the lookout for you to play me some trick. I'll soon have you show what you really are. And as he said this, he twisted her two hands behind her back and trod upon her and tortured her. But she only wept and cried. Oh, it hurts, it hurts. If this is not enough to make you show your true form, I'll roast you to death. And he piled firewood on the hearth and tucking up her dress, scorched her severely. Oh, this is more than I can bear. And with this, she expired. The two old people then came running in from the rear of the house and pushing aside Tokutaro, folded their daughter in their arms and put their hands to her mouth to feel whether she still breathed. But life was extinct and not the sign of a fox's tail was to be seen about her. Then they seized Tokutaro by the collar and cried, On pretense that our true daughter was a fox, you have roasted her to death. Murderer! Hear you there, bring ropes and cords and secure this Tokutaro. So the servants obeyed, and several of them seized Tokutaru and bound him to a pillar. Then the master of the house, turning to Tokutaru, said, You have murdered our daughter before our very eyes. I shall report the matter to the lord of the manor, and you will assuredly pay for this with your head. Be prepared for the worst. And as he said this, glaring fiercely at Tokutaru, they carried the corpse of his daughter into the store closet, as they were sending to make the matter known to the village of Maki and taking other measures, who should come up but the priest of the temple called Anrakuji in the village of Iwahara, with an acolyte and a servant who called out in a loud voice from the front door, Is all well with this honorable master of this house? I have been to say prayers today in a neighboring village, and on my way back I could not pass the door without at least inquiring after your welfare. If you are at home, I would fain pay my respects to you. 
As he spoke thus in a loud voice, he was heard from the back of the house, and the master got up and went out. And after the usual compliments on meeting had been exchanged, said, I ought to have the honor of inviting you to step inside this evening, but really we are all in the greatest trouble, and I must beg you to excuse my impoliteness. Indeed, pray what may be the matter, replied the priest. And when the master of the house had told the whole story from beginning to end, he was thunderstruck and said, Truly, this must be a terrible distress to you. Then the priest looked on one side and saw Tokotaro bound and exclaimed, Is not that Tokotaro that I see there? Oh, your reverence, replied Tokotaro piteously. It was this, that, and the other, and I took it into my head that the young lady was a fox, and so I killed her. But I pray your reverence to intercede for me and save my life. As he spoke, the tears started from his eyes. To be sure, said the priest, you may well bewail yourself. However, if I save your life, will you consent to become my disciple and enter the priesthood? Only save my life and I'll become your disciple with all my heart. When the priest heard this, he called out the parents and said to them, It would seem that, though I am but a foolish old priest, my coming here today has been unusually well-timed. I have a request to make of you. Your putting Tokutaro to death won't bring your daughter to life again. I have heard his story, and there certainly was no malice prepense on this part to kill your daughter. What he did, he did thinking to do a service to your family, and it would surely be better to hush the matter up. He wishes moreover to give himself over to me and to become my disciple. It is as you say, replied the father and mother, speaking together. Revenge will not recall our daughter. Please dispel our grief by shaving his head and making a priest of him on the spot. I'll shave him at once before your eyes, answered the priest, who merely caused the cords which bound Tokotaro to be untied and, putting on his priest's scarf, made him join his hands together in a posture of prayer. Then the reverent man stood up behind him, razor in hand, and, in intoning a hem, gave two or three strokes of the razor, which he then handed to his acolyte, who made a clean shave of Tokotaro's hair. When the latter had finished his obeisance to the priest and the ceremony was over, there was a loud burst of laughter, and at the same moment the day broke, and Tokotaro found himself alone in the middle of a large moor. At first, in his surprise, he thought it was all a dream, and was much annoyed at having been tricked by the foxes. He then passed his hand over his head, and found that he was shaved quite bald. There was nothing for it but to get up, wrap a handkerchief around his head, and go back to the place where his friends were assembled. Hello, Tokotaro. So you came back. Well, how about the foxes? Really, gentlemen, replied he, bowing, I am quite ashamed to appear before you. They told them the whole story, and when he had finished, pulled off the handkerchief and showed his bald pate. What a capital joke, shouted his listeners, and amid roars of laughter, claimed the bed of fish and wine. It was duly paid, but Tokotaro never allowed his hair to grow again, and renounced the world and became a priest under the name of Sinan. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I usually am only used to reading to my child, so I don't get to do a lot of um, performance when it comes to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will see you again next time, where we will be talking about Queen of Shadows, the fourth book in the Throne of Glass series. Um, and hopefully everybody has a great week, and we will see you again too. And what's that got to do with my knob?